Hello, my beautiful kings and queens. This is another A Seat at the Table podcast episode with your host, Lawrence Green. Uh, you can follow me at a king since birth, and you can listen to this podcast on every single podcast outlet that is your particular favorite. Um, I am so excited for today's episode. I have two powerful powerhouses, uh, man and woman of God, Pastor EJ and Pastor Kia Simpkins from uh, Impact Church of Richmond. Uh, I'm going to let them say hello. 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 <laughs> oh my goodness i thank you guys so much for being on here y'all don't know how much i love these two people right here um i'm gonna let them uh just tell them a little about themselves um and where you can follow them all right so i will start this by giving this over to pastor kia and let her do all the introductions <laughs> since she is so very well and i'm just good amen <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. It is such an honor to be with you all. Lawrence, thank you so much for having us. We are certainly excited and honored that you would choose us to be able to share with the beloved saints of God today. My name is Pastor Kia Simpkins. I am the executive pastor of Impact Church of Richmond, and I am also a licensed professional counselor in the state of Virginia. I am honored to be the wife of our senior pastor, Pastor E.J. Simpkins. Yeah, and I'm Pastor EJ, and yeah, and all of that she said, we good. <laughs> Praise <laughs> the Lord. I'm the pastor of Impact Church of Richmond, uh, and I co-pastor with my beautiful wife here. And uh, yeah, we just want to see people set free uh, and live in the love of Jesus Christ and be ready to see him and unashamed when he returns. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I have to talk about... Um, I think meeting uh, meeting the both of you. I think the first time I had, uh, I don't know if it was who I met Pastor Kia first or Pastor EJ first, but I do remember um, one time we were visiting our 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 student ministry at the time went to come visit you guys at back when you guys were at the hotel, mm-hmm. and um, I remember just being so captivated. Um, by what you were preaching because at that time period I would like read like random scriptures mm-hmm. like it like Spotify used to have like the the Bible on there in the ESV version right and so I would just read like random chapters that would pop up on shuffle and I remember one particular chapter that I had read random man it was like something about like when a man uh when a woman makes a vow and the husband can like let go of the vow, da, da, woo, woo, woo. and I remember hearing you preach, and you literally preached about that very thing. And, it, and while everybody was just like, <laughs> I'm like, y'all don't get it. Like he is preaching right now. Like I'm like, y'all not reading. <laughs> and so it was just like, like I don't know, like the Christian nerd, Bible reader nerd in me was just like, oh my gosh, like he literally like is like preaching stuff like that I'm like I'm actually studying it at home wow and so um I remember uh, a time period like that and just uh, when you guys moved over to the church building and just like just the elevation of uh of what God has been doing in you guys' lives and then when you guys came and preached at the revival I remember y'all preached on forgiveness 
And I don't know if you remember, but I was one of the people that you had brought on the stage and you just started going in and I'm just like, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I need to forgive God. <laughs> oh my goodness. And so, and then uh, I think one last time, um, I think uh, with campus ministry, when we were getting ready to transition from the old way of uh, how we were doing things, and then you guys were taking over leadership. And I think that was like the last time I was back at VCU as like a student before I graduated. And I remember um, you preaching and you just, um, just spoke to all of our hearts and you brought so much healing. Um, and I I felt my my heart was glad that the next generation of students were left in good hands. Amen. Amen. And it also was awesome to know that everything you had preached was everything that I had studied in my private time for like the last four years of being a young Christian. And you just brought it all together in one. And it was bittersweet. Why? Because I don't know if I'm like over spiritualizing this moment, but it almost felt like a Moses experience in which see, being able to partake or see the promised land, but knowing that you would not be able to be a part of it. Wow. Yeah. 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 Amen. And that. so um, it it hurt to not be able to be a part of it, but it was it was encouraging to know that I could go and get the healing that I needed. Uh-huh. And knowing that everyone would be taken care of. Amen. Um, and so, uh, and then, you know, <laughs> uh, we all, and then like, I'm just like meeting you guys and like, and just like how uh, Pastor Kia, you, you support Pastor EJ and you were preaching somebody your own self in your own right. And like we would, I remember we just the students and we would just be like, yo, Pastor Kia be support Pastor EJ when he be preaching. And we were like, <laughs> we were like, come on, sir. <laughs> you like, you knew that that was Pastor Kia supporting her husband and Pastor EJ with the, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, I, I just love y'all. You know, I really, I really do. And just like even the anniversary service, it's just like it's my one time of the month that I can get my Kojic Black Church <laughs> fixed out of the year. That's what, that's my homecoming. Like that is my time period where I can just I can love like y'all love on us and we love on God and we love on each other and we celebrate and you get instructions about the next and the growth of what God is doing. Just even from that time period of being in school and seeing y'all and the transition of what God is doing. And even now of what God is still continuing to do. I'm just truly grateful. Amen. Amen. And then one more thing, funny, the funny story. Okay. So there was this one time where, this was the first time I ever met Pastor Key, and Pastor Key had came to preach at, at one of our Bible studies. Uh-huh. And <laughs> she was preaching, right? And when I tell you it was probably the wrong time to laugh, it was the wrong time to laugh. Because <laughs> <laughs> she has since. Oh, she had, <laughs> she had since, I had, she had was saying something about, you know, because, you know, Past at the time was just like, uh, uh, this this powerful woman of God gonna come and t- uh, t- t- 
uh, give something for some of these women. Talk to these women. And so uh, she had, was saying something encouraging about some women. And I was joking something with one of my friends. And she said, are you laughing, sir? <laughs> I said, and I didn't realize what she was talking I'm like, wait, who? She's like, are you laughing? Because it sounds to me, it sounds like somebody who doesn't know their identity. And, and everybody was like, oh. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's about her. <laughs> And it would be like, and then it would be like, from like that point forward, every time, like, it would be a time period in which uh, Pastor EJ would be like, Pastor Kia, do you have anything to say? And then, uh, I mean, Pastor Kia would go off in the Holy Ghost, but it would always go back to, you got to know your identity in Christ. <laughs> and like, just, and I never fully understood it until leaving school and really being left with nothing but having to relearn my identity in Christ. Right, right. And I didn't know then that I really didn't understand my identity in Christ. Wow. So that's what we're going to be getting in today. Um, we're going to be talking about a few uh, things. We're going to get into the subject now. That's enough me uh, sizing y'all up. <laughs> that probably was longer than what it needed to be, but we give glory to God because <laughs> I love y'all. Glory. And the Bible says, give honor where honor is due, so I'm going to give it. So anyways... <laughs> Uh, I want to talk about the um, Red Table Talk. Mm-hmm. It went viral. I mean, everybody named Mama's been talking about an entanglement. Yes. And I, I'm so uh, <laughs> I'm weak. I'm like, oh, let me find out Jada been reading James. <laughs> I'm like, like a good soldier. Having been, like, oh my goodness. I want to hear, because um, I've been talking a lot, so I want to hear what you guys is, like, your initial thoughts, if you've even watched the video, or just, like, you know, what people have been saying, or just, what are your thoughts about the whole um, Entanglement Red Table Talk video? Yeah, sure. So, um, I normally do not watch Red Table Talk. There are sporadic times that I will kind of chime in. And I happened to see everyone mentioning entanglement. So I said, well, let me let me chime in. Let me see what she's talking about. And the interesting thing that I saw listening to or hearing what Jada said was that she wasn't honest about her situation. Yeah. That she glamorized the word entanglement instead of being honest with herself and saying that she was in adultery. And so mm-hmm. hearing that, it just made me realize that oftentimes we can glamorize a situation and notice how, Lawrence, people began to make jokes and all type of mean. There was a song that even I was laughing about, you know, I had to a couple of times. I think it was Entanglement, Entanglement. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> I still kind of laughing at it and, and things like that. But then the reality hit me was, should we really be laughing about somebody committing adultery? Mm. So looking at, um, you know, that Red Table Talk, it just made me realize that, one, it can become very easy to glamorize sin and to glamorize things and not get to the root of the issue. I don't think Jada really addressed what she had really got involved into. And isn't it like many of us 
that we get involved into in things, but we can glamorize it over to kind of make ourselves feel good. And you notice her interaction with Will. I mean, did y'all see how Will was looking? I mean, Will was looking like, listen, I'm kind of hurt. I don't really want to be here talking about this. <laughs> he looked like he had cried before. Exactly. He was like, listen. And her thing was like, I told you, in entanglement. And he was like, no, Jada, what really happened? So her response to me was one that she really didn't want to take ownership of what she had done. And then it was like, well, I'm going to, I think she studied that word. I don't know. The the uh, consensus is out saying that her and August may have already thought they were going to come up with that song. How do you come up with a song, Lawrence, Entanglement, right <laughs> after? <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know i don't know but you know those are my thoughts that i believe that one her response was one of maybe uh not taking ownership of really what happened this was adultery i don't care how we glamorize entanglement we can sing about it we can dance about it we can make memes about it ultimately it was you know adultery and I, I think that this conversation does need to be had. And I appreciate you for having such a conversation because we need to be honest about these things that's going on and call truth, truth. Yeah, I, I second what Pastor Key is saying. I think uh, when you start politicizing statements of sin, you know, so if you're running into a dangerous area of really basically not knowing who you are in your identity because if you knew who you are, you would accept it for what it is instead of trying to readdress it and rename it and then move into the newness of who you're supposed to be. But it just, you know, uh, it, because it has caught so much wind, you know, and so much attention, my concern now is not so much for the world because I kind of expect the world to do this. But when it comes to the church and the church starts adopting different terminologies to try and diminish, to water down and dilute the severity of these kinds of acts in the body of Christ and then make it as a, an acceptable norm. You know, and these kind of things have been going on in the church for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. But now because of this and because of our affiliation with the things of the world, it's, it's actually becoming a thing of saying, oh, it's okay because it's an entanglement. And like Pasquia, instead of calling it what it is. And so we back away, you know, and give ourselves permission to say it, it's okay. And it's not because you're talking about people's lives. I, I looked at the video in part and in segments. And I think Pastor Key is right about that. When you look at Will Smith and his reaction, you know, he's an actor, you know, and so on. But there are just some things you cannot hide. You know, so, yeah. and that man was deeply hurt. And, and that kind of hurt, you know, you, you can't heal it overnight. And it, and it, you know, it, it takes years to overcome something like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And even then it's still an issue because now, you know, even if they're healed and they come back together, you still got to deal with the fact of there was another person who knows something about my wife that should not have known it, you know, mm -hmm. and, stuff. and so when I'm around this person, how am I going to react? You see what I'm saying? So it, it opens up a laundry list of issues that really need to be addressed from the beginning to say, okay, what is it? What is it really? What does God call it? You know, stuff, and let's address how God responds to it. And then ultimately, how do we heal it and put this thing back together the way that God designed it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and also to, you know, I wanted to bring in a little of my thoughts. I, at first, when I first, when I'm first watching the video, because I didn't, because at first it was the young man who came forward. Mm -hmm. And so, and then it was just like, 
you know, everyone in, you know, society are talking about it. And so it was just like, okay, Jada was like, well, I need to uh, make a statement. Yeah. And so I didn't want to, because I, I watched the show and, you know, I've kind of put them on a too high of a, I guess in my mind, maybe too high of a regard mm-hmm. to think that um, she wouldn't do such a thing. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of disappointing for um, to watch and to see that, you know, it was something that um, that she partook in, knowing that um, she was way more his senior. Um, uh, and I think with our generation and what we see lately in society is just like we don't really like labels and calling a thing a thing, as Yana Vant would say. And um, I think she... Uh, because I mean, I would even I feel like in to not call it a relationship but an, an entanglement was like I feel like it's no different from when young people call like people who are having sex but they're not married. Mm-hmm. Right. Or they not even boyfriend and girlfriend or call it a situation ship. Uh-huh. Right. And so because you don't want to give it the a validity of it being something serious, we, mm-hmm. we make up some other fictitious name that kind of fits or correlates with what's going on. Right, mm-hmm. right. But I, I, I like how you guys mentioned, like, like we got to get to the, the truth of an issue that yeah. although they may have been separated or at, in a hard place, she still cheated. Yeah, and yeah. I think, uh, like Pastor Key, like you said, I really do believe that that was something that um, maybe she wasn't uh, in full terms with mm-hmm. uh, to be able to really call it that. Yeah. But then by the end of the video, I'm thinking in my mind, well, maybe it's not that bad, and like kind of like justifying it, I guess, not in a sense of just like. Um, what she did but in the reference of their ability to come back together and yeah. try to like have some type of fourth of a marriage yeah mm-hmm. and so i'm just like well maybe it's not uh uh too much of a thing but then when you go and you watch society and all the videos and all the memes and everything that was going on you kind of your your per uh my view kind of got skewed about how everybody just got so excited over the entanglement yeah. that we really um, and then even other Christians coming and, you know, yeah. analyzing the video and doing sermons and everything else. And so, um, I want to ask you guys, is their view of marriage something we should admire, um, being as Christians are Bible believing people? Um, and I want to bring more context to that. Um, I feel like two views that I've heard them talk about in the Red Table Talks and just then when they discuss their marriage, they talk about a lot that they are not in a marriage, but they are in a partnership. Mm-hmm. And that it's, um, I am in charge of my own happiness and my spouse is in charge of their own happiness. And then the two happy people come together in their full selves and love and be happy together, mm-hmm. right? And then there is this level of commitment of the, what they said, the ride together, die together, bad marriage for life. Uh-huh. Granted, you know, we knew it was a joke, but like just this idea of like in the good times or the bad times or whether I'm in an entanglement or not, I'm committed to that of this partnership. Yeah. So is this something that are these ideas something that um, we should follow or is there some kind of like 
twistedness that we're missing that's not 100% biblical. Hmm. Um, I think, to be honest, um, I, I appreciate the fact that they married and they are staying together. So we have to give some credence to that. Um, but the flip side of that is how they're staying together. Um, I do not subscribe, nor does the Bible, and God does not subscribe to this idea of you make your own self happy and we're just in a partnership. Because here, here's what scripture says. What God has joined together. The first thing of, of marriage that you got to understand is, you know, while you may have chosen the person, it's God who solidifies it, whether you're saved or unsaved, because only God brings marriages into the oneness of uh, uh, what does it say in Genesis and the two shall become one, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, so I, I appreciate the fact that they are still together, but there is a reality how they're staying together is an unbiblical type of way, you know, and, and that's why it's involved in the problem. So you, you bring the issue of her entanglement and her refusing to acknowledge what it is. It's causing deeper problems. I believe it's in Proverbs, uh, somewhere around the 28th uh, chapter. And it says this, it says, whoever confesses and forsakes his sins, they shall have mercy. Well, the opposite spectrum of that is whoever does not confess and forsake their sin going to have trouble. <laughs> okay. And so, <laughs> so what you're seeing is uh, from the refusal to acknowledge what it is that has happened and transpired in the marriage, they're going to have trouble. And even if they were joking, you know, one of one of the rules that we have is even in jokes, there is an element of truth. Yeah. You know, and so <laughs> they could very well be in a bare marriage for life where God can heal it. But because they won't come back to him and confess the sin, acknowledge and confess it, you know, and, and probably on Will's part, too, you know, that, that God could actually heal their marriage. But you got to be willing to come to him first and allow him to do what he needs to do on the inside of the marriage. And I think uh, we need to have a real healthy perspective from a biblical uh, standpoint, what marriage is and get back down to the root of that. And it is one man, one woman coming together to be one in the order of God. And in marriage, God is going to expose some stuff, you know, so that you can come together all the more. So I, I, I think that, um, we just need to get back down to the root and and get out of the church, you know, so this this false perception of what marriage and marriage is a beautiful thing. Yeah. It absolutely is. Uh, and that's not to say it doesn't have challenges, but it is absolutely beautiful thing It's divinely ordained by God. But it's not a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. And there are issues that are involved in it. And if you don't deal with the issues in identity, stuff that's in you, if she cheated. She didn't cheat because of something that Will did. She cheated because there was something in her. Yeah. You see yeah. what I'm saying? The Bible says when a man is tempted, he is drawn away of his own lust yeah. and enticed. So there was something in her. Whatever Will could have done or whatever done, that was an avenue, but it wasn't the cause. The yeah. cause was it was in her. And so opportunity came, lust came out, boom, there it was. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's where we got to, really kind of deal with it. Go ahead, Pasquia, because I was about to go saying, somewhere else. But. You know, the interesting thing first that we did not cover is separated does not mean you're single. Hallelujah. And so, you know, one of the things that 
they had mentioned um, during the Red Table Talk, it was, well, you know, we were separating at the time. And that's a deception of many people. And I'll talk about later my experience in an entanglement um, because this idea of being separated means basically that you are single and you are still married. And so her being separated was not a license to go out there and commit adultery or get involved in a relationship. I'm like Pastor EJ, I believe Lawrence and all those that are listening that, you know, their view of marriage, while it has some great points to it, um, that if it's not founded in what the Bible says, if that if you cannot find what they're saying in the Bible, then it is not something that as believers that we should be following. Yes, it's wonderful to have partnerships. Pastor EJ is my partner 100%. I don't look to him. He can't fill every boy. Only God can do that. And so mm-hmm. I cannot, this is false expectations. You're talking about marriage. I can't expect for him to feel things that one, only God can feel. And he did not give him the, the avenue to feel them talking about my husband. And mm-hmm. so my happiness is based upon me, first of all, having a relationship with Jesus Christ, because outside of that, then you will never be happy. You will only be deceiving yourself about happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Pastor EJ is not my all in all. I know that sounds a little interesting. I love him dearly. I honor him. God is the one who feels every boy. Right. And in return, there are things that my husband compliments. Amen. And I compliment him on, but I cannot look to him to be my everything. That's where people go astray is that they're looking for someone to feel every boy and, and make it. So the husband or the wife is the one who is supposed to make them happy. That's not so. And then the other part of commitment is I believe no matter what happens, we have said for better or for worse. And I hear what Will and Jada are saying for better or for worse. There are some uh, addendums to that, (laughs) (laughs) that if you want to go out there and act all crazy and, and get in adultery, then there are certain things that the Bible says that I am authorized to do when you violate covenant. And so I do not believe that God would have you to stay in a covenant with someone when they continue. Hear me. Continue. Now, I'm not talking about a time and they have repented, they they have confessed their sins, they have repented, they're walking in forgiveness. A person who continues to do the same thing does not have a repentant heart. Come on. There's no change. One more time for the people in the back. (laughs) (laughs) If you keep doing the same things and you have not changed, there is no repentance there. Repentance will cause you not to do the same thing over and over again. So God does not want anybody staying in a marriage where the person continues to do the same thing over and over again. I'm talking about sin. I'm not talking about, you know, y'all got upset that I'm talking about these things that the Bible says you ought not do in marriage. God does not have you stay in situations like that. So when they're talking about commitment completely i understand that but i'm not gonna be married to pastor ej and he's not gonna have another woman sleeping on the other side of the house and he's not gonna be married to me and have a, another woman and i think that's something they had said well we're gonna be together no matter what um and so certainly pastor ej and i we are gonna be together no matter what there are some things that i'm not going to tolerate and there's some things that he's not going to tolerate according to what the bible says ah, amen <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> Yeah, oh, oh my I, goodness. And so and like oh, oh go ahead, Pastor DJ. Please, please. No, go, go, go. No, it, it and it's just, you know, I, I appreciate what Pastor Key is saying with that because again, you know, to know that God is the source comes yeah. back to the place of you knowing where you fit in in somebody's life as well, which relates directly back to the identity because again, 
you know, and one of the things I'm teaching impact right now is God's problem with people who leave their proper abode. Mm -hmm. You know, the mm -hmm. scripture talks about the angels who they left their proper abode, went and slept with women, created a race of Nephilim and so on and so forth. Right. Well, mm -hmm. the Bible says when God got wind of that, what he did was he chained them under the river Euphrates and they're in everlasting darkness because of that. Well, in the same way, I'm looking at this whole thing of, you know, if you're going to be in a marriage, you're going to have to be in the marriage according to the position that God put you in to fulfill the role and the responsibility that biblical order says. And from that responsibility, watch this, then you become happy fulfilling the role that God gave you. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's where your ultimate fulfillment in marriage really comes from. I'm in the position that God ordained for me. Now, if I start wanting a position that God didn't ordain, I'm not going to be happy because I'm striving for something that I will never reach. And then at the same time and never have the grace for, to fulfill. Let right. me give you an example. It would be foolish of me as a husband to try to fulfill the role of a wife. Do you follow what I'm saying? There, mm -hmm. there will be no grace on that. And because God didn't ordain me to be a wife, there will be so much unhappiness because I'm trying to shoot for something that I never was designed to do. Or otherwise, I give myself over to craziness and reprobate mind type stuff. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if, from that happiness perspective, it has to be you fulfilling the role in somebody's life that God wants you to fulfill. Knowing that, first of all, God keeps Pastor Kia happy. OK, and he allows me to participate in things. Watch this where her flesh needs to be appeased because everything else comes from him because God is a spirit. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so oh, oh, let me use Can I can I use one more? Because <laughs> look at how God created things in the garden. As a matter of fact, I think I even preached on this on Sunday. When you look at God creating Adam in the garden, he said this right here. Uh, he said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it and have dominion. And when he did that, he said these exact words. It's not good that man is alone. Mm -hmm. So how can Adam be alone when he had God? Mm -hmm. My goodness. So God was saying, look, there are certain areas that I'm going to fulfill, but there are other parts of you that I created that I'm not going to fulfill. I'm going to bring somebody in your life to help with that. And they will facilitate the other portion that I'm not going to do. So God stays in his spiritual realm. He gives you somebody in the flesh to deal with the other side of you. Yeah. And that way you become completely satisfied and completely fulfilled because it's God who did it. He's satisfying the spirit. And then he's in somebody else satisfying the other parts of you. And that's when the person who's satisfying you is happy. And that's when you become happy. And it all points back to the glory of God. I, so here's a question in my own mind. Come on, this doesn't pull us away from the pod, but are the but in in that? Well, I want to summarize what kind of what Pastor Kia said in reference to um, partnership. Um, we, you want to make sure that you're number one and partnered up with God, filling yeah. you up with that particular happiness before we even go into uh partnering up on the uh I guess on the what would you call it the uh on the horizontal level yeah. mm -hmm. and then um not being committed to mess yeah but being first committed to God 
Yes. And then your spouse. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, so then coming into your point, Pastor EJ, in reference to, you know, knowing our roles and different things like that, in this quote-unquote partnership or in marriage, what happens when our visions don't align? Like, it's like God is leading him somewhere with his purpose and his calling, and he's leading her somewhere with his with her purpose and her calling, and there is a clash. How do those type of situations get handled? Hmm. Oh. Can I share something about it? You can go ahead, girl, because I'm about to jump all over that (laughs) thing like a hungry lion. Go ahead, baby. I love this. I love that We love marriage. Yeah, man. Let me give y'all a practical application of what happened with Pastor EJ and myself. Um, So seven years ago, we started ministry. This was the vision of my husband. The Lord had not spoke to me and said, particularly, you're going to start a ministry. But he spoke to my husband and said, hey, you're going to start a ministry. I was in the military. I was 11 years in. My husband had retired. I trust the spirit of the Lord in him. I got out the military, not on what God said to me, but what God said to my husband, Mm -hmm. (laughs) following his vision. Meanwhile, there were things that I wanted to do, did not understand how those things were going to be done because here I am, got out the military. I don't get retirement, all of these things, listen to the voice of the Lord um, and my husband trusting him. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get caught up on the time frame, but just hear what I'm saying. Seven years mm-hmm. later, the vision that God had put in the inside of me, I am birthed in that now while I had to push my husband seven years ago to do what God has called him to do, the vision that God gave him. Now turn that thing around. He's pushing me to do the thing that God told me to do and gave me the vision for, which is to have my own private practice and counseling. So Mm -hmm. the thing is, your gifts make room for you is what the Bible says. When you are committed to the things of God, he gives opportunity for you to do what he's called you to do. The thing is, when we think about clashing and vision, sometimes as wives, we think that following our husband's vision diminishes what God has called us to do and the purpose and the calling over our lives. But if you're committed to the things that first God wants, which is family, God makes room for whatever it is that you have a desire to do. Nothing that you have a desire to do goes wasted when you are submitted to first watch. What I say, God, God yes, ma'am. and to your spouse. And so when there is a situation where the visions clash, you got to ask yourself, why is there a clash? My first commitment is to make sure I honor and I love my husband. I want to make sure that whatever God has called and purpose for him to do, that I'm going to help him get it done. Likewise, the same thing with me. It goes back to that compliment. We are not in competition. And so I trust the spirit of the Lord that if there is something in the inside of me and there is something in the inside of him, as we compliment each other and as we are seeking the face of the Lord, that the Holy Spirit will speak to him and say, your wife has something that she wants to do that I have called and chosen her to do. He will say, you know what? I need to make sure that whatever my wife is called to do, that she's able to do it. Let me make room for her. Likewise, same thing. The Holy Spirit will speak to me and say, there is something that your husband has been called to do. I say, well, you know what, Holy Ghost? I hear you speaking. Let me make sure that I back my husband up so that the things that he has called us both to do, that we bring, well, oh, thank you. Gee, I'm trying not to speak in tongues on a podcast. That we were- <laughs> it's a bit of cost the podcast. It's subject to the prophet. That's why I, I, I held my Y'all, thanks to God, I held my tongue. But <laughs> your vision, watch this. When you are committed to God, 
Nothing is wasted. Nothing is missing when there is something that God has called you to do. And so I submit to anybody that hears this, that there is no clash of vision unless you are not submitted to God first, because he will give you peace and tell you to be patient. And watch this. If God has called and chosen you to do something, and he has called you into a purpose that there is nothing or nobody that can hinder what God has called you to do. So it's patience and waiting to see that thing manifested. That's where the clash is because we get so impatient about seeing it come to fruition. Go ahead, honey. To everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. But when you have two visions going in two different directions, you have division. Do you follow Mm. what I'm saying? So, (laughs) and, and that can't be God. It's nothing wrong with having a vision, but both visions can't come to pass at the same time. Yeah. One vision is designed to allow the other vision to be birthed. You follow what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. if, you don't, if you don't know how to submit to one thing, seeing the other thing come to pass will be in your self-effort and it won't be sustainable. I've said from the very beginning, Pastor Kia, if it had not been for this woman of God, I probably wouldn't have even gotten out of the truck. That's the honest to God truth. You see what I'm saying? But she left everything to follow what I told her God was telling me. And as a result, again, seven years later, she's opening her own practice, you know, stuff. And everything Mm -hmm. that has been built in these seven years was really so that she could come to this place. So that seven year period of her waiting, you know, stuff, it was her getting the vision, coming together, getting the credentials and all this kind of stuff so that now Pastor EJ can kind of fade to the black ground. You like that? Fade to the black <laughs> ground and allow her to come forward You see, and drive this train the way that God. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop pastoring. It just means that the focus now is making sure that she gets done and has maximum opportunity and full support to get done the things that God has called her to do. And, and, and one of the things that that's what couples have to really grab hold of is learning how to become one become one okay god is not diminishing what he told you he's just saying precept upon precept and line upon line there may be some things that you can't do until your spouse does what needs to be done you see what i'm saying and that's where this thing has to come into order and however long that takes is not really on god it's on how humble you're willing to be and how patient you're willing to be so now we got an issue of do we have a problem with the fruit of the spirit in operation in your life Mm. or are you so arrogant that you're trying to push over what god said you know you know just like when you in uh in the church and people be praying you and they try to push you down where you trying to push your (laughs) you know what i'm saying god has not given the grace for you to go forward in it just yet. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, Lord. You can't be beating up on my audience like this, man. Oh, you can't be just be beating up on the fact that <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, I, I love both of your points because it brought clarity for two things for me. One thing being that I have seen in other previous Red Table Talks between Jada and Will, and then also two other celebrities couple, T.I. and Tiny, Mm -hmm. in which um, you see both of these men who have these strong work ethics and these strong wills and these strong visions carrying along both of these women, right, for years, and both of them having this feeling of uh, low self-esteem or... Um, like a lack of, I 
going back to it, I guess identity of like who they really are. And so it's just like you've been following and pushing in, in, in you know, the wrestle and tussle of what he's doing, that it's just like there has been no self-work on on you. And I guess the same thing can be done to a, a woman who is well within her, who knows who she is, who, as Beyonce and Destiny Shaw would say, an independent woman. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is paid for. And, you know, a, a man who does not have that sense of identity and being being dragged along in relationship. And like another thing recently too, uh, reading Ephesians recently, like going back and rereading that, and it's talking about marriage and like how, um, I, don't, I guess it's Paul who wrote it, but like uh, comparing like the husband being like Christ, almost to the point where it's like, it's like, uh, there's like verbiage where it's like, like a savior almost. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, this may be a little bit bigger than what I thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. Like my like my full life has to be so devoted to my spouse, my wife, yeah. to the point where she is leaving the earth empty. Yeah. Right. Empty of all purposes, all callings, all giftings, all everything that God is calling for her to do. And equally so, her role as being the helper in also pushing me into as God pulls everything out of me to make sure that I am uh, being uh, uh, presented before God empty as well. And right. so, like, there's like this, um, like, mutual, like, I'm doing a, you're, yeah. y'all can't see this, but <laughs> like a, Pouring into you, you pouring into me as Christ pours into us both kind of situation. Absolutely. And so, like, I'm like, oof, well, let's push the desire for marriage back another six months because I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like enjoying this time of singleness. But well, you, um, you learn all that you learn about yourself in marriage and you learn what you're capable of because one of the things I found out, first of all, singleness is a gift. Don't yeah. get that twisted, mm-hmm. okay? But if you really want to find out who you are, get married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because marriage will draw out of you things that you didn't even know that were there, both bad and good, but more importantly, good. You find out the tenacity that you really have when you're given the responsibility of somebody else and somebody else's vision because even though God gave it to Pastor Kia, it becomes my responsibility to incubate that yeah. vision that he gave her mm-hmm. while she incubated mine. You follow what I'm saying? And and those are essential to having a marriage. And so when you got like a Will and Jada situation where he's been the man for Ooh, so long, mm-hmm. you know, stuff and her career kind of faded to the background, you know, so this red Ooh. table talk that they're doing. I lost you. That's EJ. Oh, you, you went silent. That's gotcha. EJ. I lost you. <laughs> Can you. Yeah. So we have to come back to this place of understanding and getting back to the foundation of marriage that number one is God who makes two people one and he may give two people two different visions. But one vision has to come to pass first that supports the other vision, you know, and and when people can learn to allow the fruit of the spirit to be uh, patient and temperate, you know, then they'll see all of those desires 
come to pass. And I think that's really what God wants us to be. Um, so as far as Will and Jada is concerned, you know, again, I support, you know, with the fact that they are staying married. Praise God for that. Yeah. Um, but again, how they're staying together, they need to get back to the scripture and the church has to come back to believing what the word of God says yeah. and stop trying to use wisdom or, or, or logic, worldly wisdom to try yeah. and put things together that are heavenly ordained. You cannot yeah. use the world's method to get godly type results. It just doesn't work, yeah. you know? Um, and so, yeah, so I, I, you know, we pray for them, but you know, just and I pray the church does not get so wrapped up in that that they start living according to those standards because that's not how we do. Right. You know. Yeah. And I think it's so easy to like because it's like it's the cool thing to be like spiritual. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, like to sound like you got an elevated mind that be sounding somewhat scriptural, but it ain't at all. Right. <laughs> and so it's just like then it just pulls you further and further away mm -hmm. to you're just like you know well i mean i just be i believe you know we all you know are, you know spiritual people or that god is in all of you know and just like all this stuff right but um i want to ask y'all mm -hmm. <laughs> have y'all ever been in an entanglement <laughs> yes yes yeah let's talk about that i i've been in adultery um, yeah. and I'll, I'll start this one because my mind is very colorful. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm on my third marriage. Um, I have cheated in all but this one. Okay. Wow. Um, my first marriage and I, I was, I was faithful up to, I got to a certain point. Um, and you know, and that's when we had kind of decided that we were going to go our separate ways. Um, but uh, prior to that, I didn't do anything. But that second one, I went in with intentions to do what was right, um, but it didn't turn out so well. So I I got in relationships, but they weren't long standing. They were just physical satisfaction relationships, you mm -hmm. know, stuff. It was just all about the sex. So it wasn't a relationship per se. Uh, it was just. It was adultery. That's plain and simple. It was, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I had a wife on the side and I had girlfriends. And that's the reality of it. Yeah. And um, and when it was time to break that relationship up, I remember I, I remember vividly how the Lord had told me too, because I had decided to get saved all over again. <laughs> I, and I was like, I want to get saved for real this time. I'm not going to play anymore. I'm going to get saved for real. And, mm. you know, I got saved, gave my life to the Lord and things were just looking on the up and up, you know, stuff. And I felt the power of the spirit of God just coming back upon my life and so on and so forth. And I remember one day when I was praying, the spirit of the Lord told me this right here. He said, you're not going to go a single step further in me until you confess to your wife what you did. Well, you know, and and I had to it took me six months to do that, but. I finally went and told her, you know, hey, look, I had been cheating and so on and so forth. And after that, you know, the marriage just disintegrated, you know, stuff. And, you know, like I said, we went our separate ways or whatever the case. And I came out of that thing saying I wouldn't never get married again, you know. Um, But then God showed me Pastor Kia and we've been together. <laughs> we've been in an entanglement for 14 years now. <laughs> <laughs> So, and uh, so I, I thank God, you know, um, but it's not the place where you want to be. 
because right. like I tell other people who get into these kind of situations, you know, so they talking about something, well, I'm divorcing my wife to go and be with this girl. And one of the things I tell some of the brothers is, but what if God tells you to stay? Mm-hmm. So, so now you're about to ruin a girl's life who is expecting you to leave your wife. But if God yeah. tells you to stay, you see what I'm saying? It, it, it's a yeah. nasty situation. So when you start mm. getting people's hearts involved, Heart that, right there. It, it's not, man, look, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's not the look for real. That's not what yeah. you want, you know, and stuff. And so, um, so we encourage people, listen, be faithful, stay faithful because yeah. you don't want, you don't want the other side of this thing. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy to say, you know, stuff. oh, I'll just start my life over. But let me tell you something. God has this way of doing stuff that you are not going to get around him, over him or under him. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to deal with your mess eventually. Yeah. And you better deal with it in a righteous sense versus unright because God knows how to break you. Mm-hmm. Trust mm-hmm. and believe what I tell you. I was mm-hmm. living out my truck, <laughs> homeless mm-hmm. with a full time job. Because God knows how to break you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you just don't want to live like that. So, yeah, that's my colorful story. You know, so I was just, I was a serial cheater. Hallelujah. But I'm delivered, set free by the power of Jesus Christ. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise him. <laughs> Go ahead, Pastor oh, Kim. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was leaving mine for the other part of other woman experience, but okay, I can. Uh... We can go, 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 go right. We, we, we are cruising now. Okay, all right. We on the Wi-Fi. We taking our seatbelts off. We ready. All right. Let's take off. You know, one of the things that I had to learn is when you don't know who you are in Christ is that you will get into situations. You will get into relationships with people because you don't know who you are. And so you will allow them to use you and you will be used because you don't know who you are in Christ. And so yeah. that started for me, Lawrence, at the age of 18. Um, when I was in my first entanglement and Mm -hmm. of course, not knowing who I was insecure. Um, this young man, he had told me that he was separated from his wife. That's why I said separated doesn't mean divorced single, but somehow we think because a person is separated and they make all these wonderful promises that they're going to leave you and all of this type of stuff that that gives you license to be in a relationship. And really you're not even a relationship with them. Um, So that was my first experience with that. And let me also say this. I don't care what they tell you. I don't care if it's a man or if a woman. If they tell you that, girl, you you don't do it like my wife does it, that's a lie. They're going home to their wife, okay? They're getting in the bed with their wife. (laughs) They're communicating with their wife. If something should happen to them, you're not the wife. And so we need to be honest about these things, that if a person is married, I don't care what they tell you, they are not being honest with you. How can they be honest with their spouse or not honest with their spouse, but they're honest with you? The devil is a liar. They cheat in on a spouse with you. That should be a red flag to you. Amen. So that was not a red flag to me that here I am involved with this young man who I thought loved me. I did not know he was married when I first met him, but I was so in love at 18 years old that when I found out a couple of months later that he was married, it was basically too, too late. According to what I say, um, 
and what I was feeling in my flesh. And so I continued uh, an adulterous relationship with someone who never really had any intent of being with me. Met my family. Don't don't y'all get caught up because they meet y'all family because they coming to all y'all cookouts and barbecues and hanging up with y'all. Come on, y'all still going to hotel rooms. The devil is a liar. Y'all going to different cities and different states because y'all can't be seen. Come on, that should be a red flag to you. And so all of those things were happening, met my family and all of that. But yet at the end of the day, this young man was still married. I was single and we went our separate ways and it caused me pain. I was hurt. Mm -hmm. I was broken. I was upset. I was angry. And from that moment, I said that I was basically going to use men for whatever I could get because of what I had went through. You don't know the consequence. You don't know what you will have to endure when you decide to continue in something that is unfruitful because it feels good to your flesh. That is why you have to know who you are in Jesus Christ, because you can get distracted and deceived thinking that you are in control. You are not in control in a adulterous relationship, in any type of unfruitful relationship. You're not in control. And so that was my experience. And from there, there were many other experiences that I had got entangled in um, because I, one, did not know who I was in Jesus Christ. And then two, after then, I just went on a spiral of going downhill to basically try to abase and try to kill myself and to get uh, uh, back what was taken from me. And I became angry with all men. And so it wasn't until I met my husband that he was the healing through the grace of God and me saying, you know, Lord, I repent for all of these unfruitful relationships for being, listen, some of y'all need to go repent for being the second person. Y'all, it's not, it's not Mm -hmm. cool. You need to repent to God for being the second person. It's not okay. Mm -hmm. I don't care. You know, one of the things, Lawrence, that I had to deal with is when they pursued me. And I thought because they pursued me that I was not at fault. And so we got to be honest with ourselves about these relationships and what, what desire, what do you want? See, see, we don't like to be honest about what attracted us to this married person. Is it the car? Is it the clout? Is it the title? I don't know. Is it the money? Is it because he's taking you to dinner? She taking you to dinner. They buy you plane tickets. What is it that will cause you? You're drawn away by your own lustful desires. What is it that is drawing you to be with somebody else's spouse? We got to be real about those things. And so I had to be real. <laughs> and I, 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 like that's so real because, um, even even if it's not, um, the person is not married, but in another relationship as well too. I feel like I have had a lot of female friends who have been caught up in being um, bamboozled by a man who was juggling you know, two women, knowing that the relationship that they had going on wasn't good or there were red flags in it or that maybe he was doing maybe some kind of other entertainment on the other side. But then all of a sudden now we'll be having a fling with one and then from a a month later be engaged to another one. And so now the other girl is hurt because it's like, wow, this, this thing that I had on this side um, you know, he told me he didn't want anything else. He told me he didn't want anything special. But now I see him mm-hmm. um on social media now engaged to somebody else. Yeah. 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 And I love how you kind of talked about like this this sense of 
um, that self accountability. Yeah. Um, and I think that it, it hurts to do that when you've been hurt. Yeah. It, it hurts to kind of be like, um, be like, you know, this person hurt me, mm-hmm. but then to actually when you have to do reflection and be like, well, then in what moments or in what parts did um, I play a role or my responsibility, um, you know, because there are some things that are out of our control, but then there were some things that were in our control. Mm -hmm. And what were some things that I just continued to allow? Absolutely. You know, I think about what you were saying if there's a young lady or a young man that's in a relationship and knowing that they're the second person, ask yourself, do you really value yourself? Basically, what are you saying that you're worth, that you would be the second person? Listen, you can't compete with a wife. You can't compete with a husband. If you are the second person, that's because you choose to be the second person. That means that you don't value yourself enough to speak up, to say, you know what, I am worth more than this that I'm not going to be somebody's second fiddle. I'm not going to be the person you call at two o'clock in the morning when you want a booty call or when you lonely or when you tired. I'm not going to be the person. Some some of people getting used for money. Some people getting used for, for they don't even know they're getting used. Yeah. Yeah, you got to value yourself. You Nobody can do to you what you allow them or what you don't allow them to do. So... And I feel like we've touched this question, but I want to bring it all the way home. Okay. <laughs> um, what does identity in Christ got to do with entanglement? Come on. <laughs> Here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I, I love it. First of all, when you don't know who you are in Jesus Christ, You have no foundation. There is no understanding of who God has made you to be. So you are basically a person that that allows themselves to be used and is used by anything or anybody because you don't know who you are. That would be like me knowing that I'm a licensed professional counselor. I don't let anybody use me because I know where I stand professionally. However, if I didn't understand where I stood professionally, then I would just let anybody take from me. I would do anything. I would go anywhere, not realizing that my license is important to me and I can't do what I want to do with it because I understand who my identity is in my professional uh, occupation, right? Mm -hmm. And so let's turn it over to Jesus Christ. Likewise, when you know who you are in Jesus Christ, you don't get involved in things that compromise the integrity that's in the inside of you because you know who you are. That means that I can't waste opportunities. I teach a class um, called Embracing the Gift of Singleness. And one of the things that we talk about is you don't have time to waste resources on people who just want to talk and have a good time, especially when you Mm -hmm. desire to be married, right? For real. Yeah. So when you know who you are in Christ, you don't sit around allowing resources within you to be wasted on things that are not fruitful. But see, when you don't know who you are, then basically you waste time trying to figure out what you are and getting in relationships. 
and doing things. That's why people, so many people are frustrated, Lawrence, because they don't know who they are in Jesus Christ. They don't know their purpose. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing. So they get connected to guys. They get connected to women that basically they're wasting time trying to figure out, is this the person or even do they even like me when you have had sex with them already? You live them with them. You didn't right. give them money. You have told them intimate things about yourself because you don't know who you are. A person mm. who knows who they are in Jesus Christ, they don't take any mess. Yeah. <laughs> they are not easily watch this they are not easily swayed nobody yeah. because i know who i am in jesus christ can nobody nobody can make me do anything that i don't want to do but when i don't know who i am in christ then i am insecure about who god has made me to be i'm timid i'm passive i allow people to use me and to mistreat me because i don't understand who i am who God has made me to be. Nobody can come to Pastor Kia and say basically, hey, I want to be with you. The devil is a liar. Listen, I am a woman of God. I cannot and refuse to compromise on who I am for anybody other than Pastor E.J. Simpkins. Amen? Yes, ma'am. Amen. Know who you are, then you entertain unfruitful conversations. Yeah. And so it's hmm. important that you have a understanding of who God has made you to be. God doesn't want you getting in relationships with people wasting time. God doesn't want you giving yourself to people that mean you no good, that just want to use you. And when they're finished with you, discard you like a piece of trash. No, God has made you more than that. God has fearfully and wonderfully made you. He don't want you to walk around with your head down, getting in relationships with people then talking about you're going to commit suicide because you so depressed and sad that they left you for somebody else and now you comparing yourself to what she got and comparing yourself to what he got all because you don't know who you are in Christ. When you know who you are in Jesus Christ, you can stand up and say, you know what? If you don't want me, then go ahead and go because I realize that what God has put in the inside of me, it may not be for you. And I'm not going to waste time with somebody who does not recognize who God has made me to be. Hallelujah. But when you don't know who you are, you don't have enough God in you and enough we like to call it confidence take the confidence mm -hmm. in right and replace that with god you don't have enough of that to speak up and stand up for yourself yeah hmm. Woo, i gotta let it breathe <laughs> <laughs> Woo. and so mm. it's just and it's like it's just so many things just like and and I think we're 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 in a day and age now. It's 2020, yeah. where it's not just um, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, just men and women relationship. Mm -hmm. It's you know, women and women and men and men. It's trying to find identity in anything yeah. possible um, that can try to fill that void mm -hmm. that you get entangled with. And I think it's just like with. All, in all those things, we have to really just realize who we are. And the scripture that keeps coming to my mind as you were talking was don't throw your pearls among swine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that there is this level of stewardship. Yeah. And that's just a big fancy word for taking care of, of the very gift, the assignment, the calling, the commandment that God has given you to do. Yeah. And it's just like, when he's called me to be a daughter of God and to or to be a son of God mm -hmm. and to um wait until marriage, yeah. 
then I'm not going to compromise my that value, that belief, or that understanding yeah. for anything or anyone mm-hmm. until I see that what she has told me come to pass. Yeah. And so my follow-up question then now is, is, why do I need to understand this before I step into a relationship and marriage? Yeah, that's a mm. good question. That's a good question. You know, I want to go back to what you said really quick, and then I'll let Pastor EJ come and talk about the question, because I just talked that whole one. Um, you know, and I said this, and I think it's important to say it again, that you don't have to compromise. Yeah. You don't have to. A person who values who they are in Jesus Christ they don't, they don't want to compromise. I, I think about how many people, Lawrence, they get involved in relationships, that they, they have these promises that, well, we're going to move in together because he said we're going to get married. She said we're going to get married. You can find yourself 15 years later, not married, Literally. you know, still living with the same person. And I know all the people listening, listen, all of that stuff is worldly. God doesn't want you living like that. <laughs> the world yeah. and the word are a constant content with each other amen and so you gotta think about it that when you value yourself you want the best god wants the best for you he doesn't want you settling for seconds he doesn't want you saying well you know what well that relationship didn't work out so i'm gonna try this relationship and i'm just gonna try something new you know y'all stop trying new stuff that removes you from the place that god would have you to be Stop mm. trying new stuff that causes you to compromise on who God has made you to be. So why is it important? It's, it's important the same tricks because, <laughs> the enemy. Yeah, it's, it's important because not knowing who you are, not understanding who you are, it, it there's a deception that comes with that. Yeah. See, there's so many people that will tell you that they know who they are when they really don't. They know themselves yeah. by titles. They know themselves by positions. They know themselves by, uh, that part. I don't know. TikToks and all that type of stuff. <laughs> by filters. Y- y'all know I'm not on all of that stuff. <laughs> uh, so some of the words pass me. But, you know, they know the, they're known by all of these things, but nobody knows the real them. They're not authentic. They're, they're, they're made up all the time. When people see them, they see a made up presentation. They see a mask. And so why is this important? Because you can deceive yourself about who you are. Glory mm. to God. You can, you can fake your own self out. That you can yeah. make yourself be something that you're not because you have lied to yourself so long. And so mm. it's important for you to understand this before getting in a relationship and getting in marriage because you'll deceive yourself getting in a relationship. Yeah. You make yourself think you all of that. Baby, you ain't all of that. You broken. But you will go into a relationship thinking that you're healed and, and you're not healed and cause problems and your relationship cause problems in your marriage because you have fooled yourself thinking that you're something that you're not. When Pastor mm. EJ and I got married, I thought I was healed. I really mm. did, Lawrence. I thought I was healed. I was one of the I was so broken. I was so hurt. But I had told myself I was healed and you know, I was doing well and all of these things. And it wasn't until I met my husband, until we got in covenant, um, that I realized mm-hmm. that, girl, you are a hot mess. You are broken wow. all the way. And it was the grace of God and his patience, his patience, my husband's patience. And now he can talk mm-hmm. about his own. But I'm talking about, <laughs> talk about my brokenness. But it wasn't until I really was honest. And you say, why, why do you need to understand this? Because if I had an understanding, Lawrence, of who I was in Jesus Christ, I could have been healed a lot sooner than later. 
but because mm. I have put a facade up, because I wanted my husband to believe, because I wanted myself to believe that I was healed from broken areas, that things that had happened to me in my childhood, that I was over those things, that, you know, what I had to go through, that I was over them and everything was going to be okay. And not realizing that little bit by little bit, God stopped pulling them covers back on me. He started exposing mm. and said, nope, nope, you lying to yourself. You're lying. Mm. I'm pulling a cover back. You're not healed. I'm pulling a cover back. You're not delivered. Right. I'm pulling a cover back. You're not whole. I'm pulling a cover back because I enter into a relationship with my husband presenting this idea, this identity. Here we go with the word identity. Pre mm -hmm. Presenting this identity to him that I was healed whole and I was ready to be married when the truth was really I was broken. Mm. So why is it important? It's important because you will enter into something with a, a false pretension of what you really are, and you will cause problems in your own relationships. Can I um can I interject something here? Yeah. Uh, Come on in, and I think this is probably the most uh this may be hard to accept, gotta be honest with you, but I think this is absolute truth knowing the the heart of god in this thing um we cannot live our lives trying to be complete yeah. if that makes sense and it's kind of hard to 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 really really grab hold of that because we live our lives saying okay i'm not going to get into a relationship until i'm healed mm -hmm. but the fact of the matter is healing is a journey not yeah. a destination mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. you look at Pastor Kia right now. She's married. She says she was broken when she got married. Okay. As was I in some areas. You see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. don't, don't put so much emphasis on trying to be so whole because that can lead to a level of arrogance yeah. that can cause you to delay the healing that God wants. Because he, here's the thing that God is really trying to get to you. Mm -hmm. He's trying to get his grace in your life. Yeah. So that he can make you whole and complete, you know, so, and, and even now, you know, so he's moving. The Bible says where sin does abound, yeah. grace does grace much abound. more abound. Yeah. So Amen. in the process of going to whole, I don't want anybody out there to think yeah. that you have to be completely healed and completely whole because yeah. that's a false expectation that you're putting on yourself. Right. When the reality is God will allow you to get into the relationship to bring even greater healing and wholeness to your life. You see what I'm saying? So don't yeah. live by the perspective of I got to be whole before I get married. I got to be healed before I get married. You will be in some areas, but there, listen, marriage will expose areas that you never knew even existed. Right. That's the honest to God truth, you know, and, mm -hmm. and from that identity, marriage will teach you stuff about yourself that you did not know or stuff that you glossed over or mm -hmm. stuff that you did not deal with. And so that's, that's, I think at this point, that's where we really need to recognize the wonderful grace and mercy of God. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Because yeah. again, where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. Man, yeah. we have not received what we deserve. Right. 
but he gave us what we did not deserve. And if you would live from that perspective and say, you know what, God, I am so glad I ain't got to perform for you. I'm thankful that you are just good. Hallelujah. And I may not deserve this spouse that I'm looking for, but because you're good, God, you will bless me with what I need in this life, you know, so that I can fulfill your assignment. So I'm learning. I'm learning who I am and it's a constant journey. And as I learn who I am, I'm learning what he has given me. One, I I teach four things that impact identity, resources, purpose, promise. I'm still learning who I am, but I'm learning more about who I am because of the resources that he has given me. He's given me my wife. Mm -hmm. She's a resource. You know what I'm saying? And then he's given me such a purpose. And then he made a promise on top of all of this kind of stuff. And if we would come to that realization, man, let me tell you something. Don't, and I'm talking to anybody out there, don't get caught up in the arrogance because here's the other side of you knowing who you are. You can know who you are so much that can't nobody touch you because now you co-Christ. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And you don't want to get to that place because then you'll mess around and miss the blessing that God has for your life. So there's an even balance and a thin line that you got to walk that you got to stay humble, but not so humble that you're insecure, but you got to be confident, but not so confident that you're arrogant. Yes. You got to walk that straight and narrow. And I'm going to tell you, in that place right there, you will find the greatest blessing of God in your life. I, I know, man, I'm telling you, I know this. Pastor Kia knows this, mm-hmm. you know, stuff. Uh, I, I bless God for marriage because it taught me more about myself, areas that I did not deal with in my previous marriages. You know, so, so any person that you marry, they're not going to be perfect. They're not even going to be completely whole, nowhere near it. Yeah. But God gives grace. And as he gives grace, listen, stop looking for that perfect person. Here's what you want to do. If, yeah. if, if anybody wants to know what you look for, here's what you look for. Somebody that you can be open with. Mm-hmm. That is the quintessential thing that you want. If you can't be open with the person, man, throw the, throw, throw the whole thing away because you're somebody <laughs> who will be open with you and you can be open with that, that you're not afraid to share with them secrets. They're not afraid to share with, and they won't use your secrets to their advantage right. and try to manipulate and control your life. If yeah. there, if there is no honesty there like that, man, let me tell you something. That is a worthless, fruitless, godless relationship, period, mm. point blank. You know what I'm saying? So all that little checklist stuff that people write down, throw that crap away. Put one word, mm-hmm. complete honesty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> complete, because if you ain't got that, you ain't got nothing. You see what I'm saying? Uh, uh, because you want a person, oh God, I hear you. You want a person who is honest with you and honest with themselves. If you got that right there, you got you sitting on gold. I remember when I met Pastor Kia, one of the things that I heard the Spirit of the Lord say was this right here. She's innocent. It didn't mean that she didn't do anything wrong. It just meant that the motive of her heart was open and honest. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Even if she did yeah. wrong, it was mm-hmm. open and honest. It was a truthfulness that was there. Man, let me tell you something. You don't find that anywhere. So you look for God to tell you, you know, something. and in that, he told me what her identity was. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the thing that you begin to facilitate because again, you become the resource in somebody's life and you begin to facilitate what God told you. I, I knew she wasn't completely whole, but you know what I knew? I knew that God sent me in her life to deal with it. <laughs> and if, and I'm telling you, if you're not willing, let me tell you something. If God sends you to something, it's going to take you out of your flesh to deal with it. Yep. Same thing with her. I'm not, I'm not emphasizing her. I'm saying same thing with me because you can't handle marriage in your flesh because you will get divorced. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> He's mm. steady or not. You're like, oh Lord, I got a process. <laughs> 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 That's honest, not true. And oh, oh, yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me. The other thing I want to say to somebody out there who's listening, listen, stop letting the world judge when you are supposed to be married, yeah. because the world will put a time limit. You know, something you should have been this by now and you should be this by now. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the one of the worst things that the body of Christ has adopted is this this thing about being uh, the top 40 under 40 or the top 30 under 30. Man, there are no metrics to God's will. Yeah. Amen. Learn how to sit in God's will. And whenever he says it's time, that's the optimal time, whether that be the first 30 under 30 or the first 200 under 5,000, <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, glory to God, man. We don't live by the world standards. Yeah. We don't live by the world standards. We live by God's standard. And whatever he says, that's what we go by and that's what we abide by. And I, I pray in the name of Jesus for somebody out there. You know, so because worldly wisdom and worldly logic is messy. You're saved, you're sanctified, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, but the logic of the world tastes good to your ear. Mm. And, and the spirit of the Lord is saying, come back to me. I am the one who care about you. I am the one who wants to guide your life and lead you into the place of pleasantness and blessing. So uh, stop allowing the world system to chat in your ear. There's an enemy trying to draw you away from who I am, but I love you with an everlasting love and I'm reaching out to you and you don't have to live by anybody else's standard, only mine. Keep your eyes fixed on me, saith the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm finished. <laughs> this is a good time to have life alert. <laughs> a matter of fact, just stay there on your knees and repent. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you guys so much. Oh, thank you. It's so good, so edifying. I thank you guys for being honest, open and transparent and just um, really laying it out there and teaching us um, some nuggets on marriage, on knowing our identity in Christ and how to get out of them daggone entanglements. Yes, um, uh, This uh, has been another A Seat at the Table podcast with your host, Lauren Screen. You can follow me at A King Since Birth on Instagram and Twitter. Um, make sure you check us out on our Instagram page for the podcast, um, True, uh, T R U Light, L I T E Productions um, on Instagram. Um, and you can listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast network. So make sure you uh, follow, subscribe, and share and um, continue in dialogue and conversation. 
Um, I'm going to uh, leave the floor to Pastor EJ and Pastor Kia to share their last words and uh, where you can follow them in any shameless plugs. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, again, Lawrence, thank you so much for allowing us to fellowship with you tonight or today. It is such an honor to be able to do so. And to all of you listening, I pray that you allow the Spirit of the Lord to speak to your spirit, man, and that you heard something that would encourage you to live for Christ. Amen. And and if you don't know who you are in Christ, I pray that you would seek the Father, seek Him while He can be found, so that He can show you who you are in Him. And I pray for anybody that's in any type of entanglement out there. Get out of them entanglements in the name of Jesus. You are worth more than what you think you are. And you don't have to be second to anybody or anything. God has fearfully and wonderfully made you. And you don't have to be the second of anything. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that anybody that's hearing this, that is in any type of relationship where they are devalued, where they are the second fiddle, where they're the booty call in the middle of the night, that you would recognize who God has made you to be and that you would come out of that in the name of Jesus and walk in the fullness and the purpose that God has for you. You can find us on, um, I'm not on Instagram. Uh, Impact Church RVA on Instagram, Impact Church RVA on Facebook, uh, the real EKS.icore on Instagram as well. I think those are the only things that we stay on. It's, it's the stuff that's safe. Glory to God. <laughs> 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 it's a little bit too raunchy for us. Amen. Glory to God. We ain't got no TikToks and Periscopes and Snapchats and all that kind of stuff. We because we are unfiltered. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. So, Lawrence, again, we appreciate you. It's such an honor to be able to share with you. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, y'all. Uh, shine bright. You hold the light. Peace. Peace.